Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain, the power of you, a podcast about becoming the leader of your life and truly succeeding on your terms. I'm your host, Sharon Bakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empoweress. Listening here will give you everything I've learned in 10 years of leadership coaching, as well as myself having survived death, trauma, and recovery to thrive once again. I've created this podcast for people just like you who are on the brink of transformation and ready to live powerfully in every part of your life. Every episode focuses on life fulfillment, self-esteem, and deep growth. We give you the tools, strategies, and techniques to apply so that you can live your most powerful life. Plus, we regularly feature humans who are serious badasses to keep you inspired. I love hearing from my community, so wherever you're listening from, drop me a photo or screenshot on Instagram and remember to say hi with a tag. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Today, I want to talk to you about the kinds of people that you want to limit your time with. Now, why am I doing this one? Because inherently, I don't believe that people are bad or toxic. Now, obviously, you're going to come across some people who are narcissistic. You're going to come across some people with personality disorders. You're going to come across people with varying amounts of empathy. And definitely, you're going to come across people who don't have the best of people's intentions in mind when they act in the world. However, there are a whole bunch of people that we encounter in our lifetime that aren't necessarily bad people or toxic people or poisonous people. They're just people that we might want to limit our face time with, draw boundaries with, continue to put ourselves first with because they're not going to do it with you. And so today I'm going to outline how I define the four kinds of people that I know I need to take a step back from or not have too much time with, what to do around the situations and how to actually accept and hold that you might have to hold people away from you. Now, the first kind of person we want to spend time away from would be the people who spread negativity all the time. Now, obviously, not everyone can be positive all the time. And you all know that I'm not a fan of positive psychology that tells you that you have to be positive at all costs. But there are definitely people who spread negativity, meaning they make you feel like you being an optimist or looking on the positive side of things is someone who is not as smart as them and that having a cynical mindset is the smartest thing one can do. They might be people who love drama and are drawn to drama and magnetized to it, or they might be people who create drama. People who spread negativity essentially lend an air to the energy in a room or in a conversation or in an interaction that they are better than you, they know better than you, they don't make people feel good about themselves, they don't make you feel like you are a contributing member of society, they always look at the harsh side of situations, they don't consider optimism in their approach to life, they spread drama, they feel drama, etc, etc, etc. I think I'm painting a pretty good picture here and I think all of us can probably identify with one person in life who does this, right? So why do I say stay away from the people who spread negativity? Quite simply, energy is contagious. Emotions are contagious. And when we are around or in the realm or next to someone who is consistently spreading an energy that does not agree with our vibe, what happens is we get taken down a notch. And why should we live our life being taken down a notch or lowering our vibe to match the frequency of someone else's? Now, I'm not a big vibe person. I'm not a big manifester and I'm not a big energy is everything person, because I do believe there are practical methods to go through life and techniques that actually work. But I do believe that being around someone's energy when they are sapping you dry, when they're not allowing you to be yourself, when they feel like being negative is the only way to approach life, I think that can be pretty contagious. And definitely it's draining. 
Have you ever tried to lighten up a conversation with someone who's just not willing to? It is so draining. It sits there sapping your energy in life. So when you have someone who is spreading negativity in all the various ways I outlined above, try to seek space away from them and try to spend time away from them. Now, the second kind of person I like to stay away from would be the people who critique you just for being you. The people who criticize you no matter what path in life or what decision you've taken. These are people who can be really damaging to be around, and I'll tell you why. Criticism is in itself not a bad thing. I think we all can do with critique and criticism in order to level up, in order to kick us up the bum, in order to motivate us. However, when you are around someone that is consistently critiquing you and criticizing you, all it does is affirms your sense of self-worth as being one that is not good enough. It affirms your sense of self-esteem and keeps telling yourself in your own brain that you are not worthwhile protecting or believing in. This is incredibly damaging to our ability to live our life fully because if we don't believe in ourselves and we don't back ourselves and we believe the critique and criticism that people are throwing our way, then what happens is we end up not fulfilling our purpose and vision in life because we simply don't back ourselves enough. I want you to remember one thing here. And this is something I probably haven't quite learned 100%, but I'm really working on it, which is no one's going to come into your life and suddenly believe in you so much that you're going to achieve the dreams that you want to, that you're going to fulfill your vision. This, I promise you, people might believe in you. Yes. And that might spur you to action. It might help you along the way. And that is very important. But inherently, we have to believe in ourselves first. Inherently, we have to back ourselves first. And we have to know that we are worth protecting when someone is trying to whittle away at our self-confidence. The people who are consistently critiquing and criticizing us, they are whittling away at our self-confidence. They are the ones who are making us feel poorly about ourselves. And again, if we keep them in our life too much, what happens is that we are telling ourselves we cannot achieve our dreams because we're not good enough. Further to that, Critique and criticism should come from a loving perspective. I'm a really big fan of this. I have some friends who have been very critical of my life choices. I have some relatives who have been really critical of some of my choices. However, the ones that I have listened to and the ones that I've really taken on board have unfailingly been the people who have approached the critique or criticism from a position of love, not judgment. And so if you are trying to assess whether you need to take time out from someone who is critiquing you or criticizing you in what seems like a really unfair way, that is a really, really good impartiality test. Is this person doing this from a place of love and did they approach it lovingly? Or is this person doing it from a place of love and they happen to not approach it lovingly? To me, that's a no-no, but whatever. Or is this person approaching from a place of judgment and they didn't do it lovingly. Here's three little benchmarks for you to have. For me, I will listen to any critique and criticism that comes across lovingly and is given with love. For me, anything else is not good enough because I have a theory that we learn our manners when we were about five years old, right? My first child is almost five years old and he knows that if he wants to deliver me some feedback or criticism, he needs to do so in a loving way. It is not our job to teach people, grown adults, grown ass adults, that they need to be polite when they want to deliver you some critique or feedback. This is something that, yes, 
Feedback and delivery may be difficult for some people, but there is not an excuse not to start learning how to do it. And there are enough resources around on the internet for free at their fingertips for them to learn how to do so. So for me, the moment someone delivers me critique or criticism that's done in a judgmental way or that's not done in a loving way, I tend to switch off and then I make a mental note for myself to say, well, next time I'm not going to give that person as much face time or time in my life. Now, the third kind of person I like to take time out from is the person who is jealous of you. Now, this is a hard one because obviously not everyone's going to be jealous of you all the time. Someone might be going through a phase in their life where your successes make them feel like crap. Someone might be going through a phase in their life where they just can't be happy for someone else. Someone might be going through a phase in their life where they are absolutely jealous of what you have and want it for themselves. It may not be a permanent thing, but I will say that no matter how long you have been in a relationship or friends with someone for, if they are going through a phase where they cannot be happy for your achievements and they cannot celebrate you and they are jealous of you, then you've got to take a break from that and maybe draw some boundaries around how much time and energy you're spending with that person. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a permanent thing. You can actually go back to being close friends after the phase is over, or you might offer them empathy and love and support and put boundaries around the jealous behavior. But I do think that no jealous behavior actually ends in positivity, particularly not in the context of empathetic loving relationships. In my experience, when someone is jealous for a phase, you're relationship with them can absolutely be saved and you can probably continue to have a great long-term connection with them. But if someone is consistently jealous of you and someone is consistently wistful for what you have and verbalizes it and tells you about it, then I don't think that your relationship will survive. And I'll tell you why. Because at some stage, all of that energy, all of that jealous, pining energy will come to a head and it will not come to a head that is pretty, right? And in my personal experience, anyone who has ever said things to me like, why can't I have what you have? Or why doesn't, why don't people give me what they give you? Or why do you get everything going good for yourself? The people who have said that to me consistently over the course of our relationships have always ended up ending the relationship in some kind of dramatic fashion because that jealousy came to a head for them. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm impervious to jealousy, and I would hope that if I am jealous or wistful of someone else's success, that my friends and loved ones are patient with me. But I will say that I also don't want to make anyone feel bad about their successes, and I don't want to make anyone feel bad about celebrating their wins or their achievements. And so I would hope that if I was feeling jealous and wistful and I verbalized it to someone, that they would then back off from me a little bit so that they could take the space to honor their achievements and celebrations. And so that's why I recommend that we stay away from people who are jealous of us, because I don't feel like it ever ends well, whether it's a short-term or a long-term thing. Now, the fourth kind of person I like to stay away from is the person who likes to play the victim. Now, I say this with great care, and I'm being really careful here about how I define someone who plays the victim, because I never want anyone to think that they are playing the victim or taking on the role of a victim if they indeed are not. But there is a difference between someone for whom something happens to and they decide, okay, this sucks. They have a vent. They have a rant about it. They sit in their feelings, and then they go off and they address it or they do something about it. And that's not the kind of person I'm talking about today. I think that's fairly normal human behavior. We must sit in our grief and we must sit in our despair and we must absolutely acknowledge when bad things are happening to us so that we can process it and move into solution finding or action. 
However, the kind of person I'm talking about is the kind of person who is consistently taking on the role of the victim, consistently complaining about how things never happen for them, but yet consistently never willing to take action or find a solution. Now, why do I say to stay away from this person? This person is not inherently toxic. This person is not inherently poisonous. However, I find that I am a sum total of the people I hang out with. When other people around me are taking actions and finding solutions, I tend to do so as well. And whilst I don't want you to abandon your friends who are going through difficulty, I do think that if there's someone in your life who has in the long term always played the victim, in the long term always taken on the role of the victim, and in the long term has been really recalcitrant about taking action in their own lives, but is depending on you for motivation, positive energy, and the kick up the bum in order to do so, I think you'd be well within your rights to actually take some time out from them and draw some boundaries around how they impact your energy. Now, I guess in all of these examples, I want to remind you that obviously no one is trying to be this kind of person. I have empathy and I do realize that various people are going through various parts of their lives where they may not feel like a whole version of themselves. And this often causes people to lash out. This often causes people to act in negative ways. This often causes people to be toxic even when they don't know they're doing so. And this often causes people to not know how to do better. But I will say that if the behavior is consistent, If the behavior is unempathetic to you when you have provided 100% empathy to them, if they make you feel in a certain negative way, then I think the evidence doesn't lie. What I tend to do is I observe how people make me feel. And when I meet people who make me feel any of those four things around them consistently, then what I do is I take a while to actually assess the situation. And I take action in the following ways. I double down on my kindness and empathy to them. I offer them whatever help I can. And I try to make sure I'm there for them as much as I can. I put a time limit on this. And if at the end of that time limit or that time frame, the person has been helped or aided by the empathy I'm showing them and they start turning that behavior around, then I decide that I can hang out with them or I decide that I don't need to draw a boundary around their behavior. However, if despite me doubling down on the kindness, empathy, and acceptance of them, they continue the behavior and continue to treat me poorly, then I know it is time to draw a boundary. Boundaries are hard to set, and I'm not a big believer of hard boundaries. Over the next few weeks, the episodes of this podcast are going to center around healthy boundary setting and how to set boundaries and the language around gentle boundary setting. However, I will say this for now. If you observe that anyone is making you feel any of those four ways, then remember, in setting boundaries with them and deciding to take time out from people, there is absolutely no judgment in doing so. You are free to live your life on your terms. You are free to spend time with the people that you want to spend time with. You are free to utilize your energy in the way you wish. And you are free to absolutely draw boundaries when you feel you need to and take time out from situations that don't make you feel happy. There is no shame in not hanging out with these kinds of people. We have to remember that our time is precious and we are precious and that we shouldn't allow anyone to make us feel poorly. This goes especially for the people who critique you and the people who make you feel bad about being yourself or celebrating your wins. There is no shame in wanting to celebrate your wins. There is no shame in being human and there is no shame in being your badass self. And so I would like to remind you that there is no shame in drawing boundaries with people like this. The third thing I like to remind people is that there is no blame. You don't have to frame it in your head as, I can't hang out with Andrew anymore because he's being a so-and-so. 
What you can say is instead to frame it gently and not in a judgmental way on our end is to say, look, I'm going to actually just draw back from hanging out with Andrew at the moment because I'm just not sure our energies are aligned. When I reframe it to myself in this way, it makes it a lot easier to take space from my friend Andrew. Disclaimer, my friend Andrew is not real in these scenarios. So no blame simply means that I don't sit there and make a judgment on my friend Andrew. I don't say Andrew is being this, therefore I don't want to hang out with him. Instead, I say, I don't think our energy is aligned at the moment. So I don't. I think I'm just going to take a break from seeing Andrew for a month and see how we go. When we apply the no blame rule to the person we're avoiding, but also to ourselves, all it does is creates a situation where we are feeling neutral about the experience of setting boundaries, as opposed to finding a point of judgment to reserve your energy from. Now, I read something really powerful about 10 years ago, which was that if you're in a relationship, any kind of relationship, work, life, or love, you should feel free to walk away from the relationship at any point without a reason. There needs to be no reason. We don't need to give people reasons and we don't need to give ourselves a reason for walking away from behavior that makes us feel uncomfortable or undeserving. When we remember this, then the no blame rule is much easier to apply because we can remember that it doesn't have to be about blame or judgment. It can simply be that you're not aligned or not meant to hang out at the moment. The last thing is to remember that there are no expectations. Meaning, nobody can expect us to be their friend, to be there for them, to be closely involved with them, to give them our energy, to help them when the stakes are down. No doubt, people who are listening to this podcast, I think you're pretty nice people. So I don't think that any of you would ever withhold those kind gestures that you would normally expect in a friendship. But I want to remind you that those expectations don't exist. Nobody can expect and nobody has a right to our kindness, empathy, and energy. Our kindness, empathy, and energy is something we choose to bestow on the world around us. And if we choose to withdraw it from someone, there is nothing anyone can say to us and we should not feel guilty for it. We all have finite resources as a human being. We have finite resources of our time, our energy, our momentum, our kindness, our empathy, and we need to feel like we are spending all of that in the way that we want to. And so, I hope today's episode really helped you. I know that for me, I hung out with almost anyone and everyone who wanted to hang out with me for a long time. And when I was doing that, people would frustrate me all the time. Ten years later, I find myself having put strict controls on the kinds of energies and people I accept in my life on a day-to-day basis, as well as in my deeper relationships, friendships, and communities. And I found myself much happier because I know that I'm surrounding myself with high-quality human beings all the time. This list of the four kinds of people that I try to stay away from, these are lists that I adhere to whether or not that person is close to me or just an acquaintance. When I say stay away, it doesn't mean I cut them out of my life. It just means I withhold myself from that relationship for a small period of time until that energy is gone or until that person sort of acts in a different way. It's really, really simple for me to do after 10 years of practice, but it was really difficult in the beginning. And so I know this will be difficult for you too. So in the next few weeks, I will be releasing episodes around boundary setting and gentle and empathetic boundary setting so that we can create a revolution of people who are centering their respect for themselves and their self-esteem and their self-sovereignty in a way that is still empathetic, gentle, and kind to the world around us. Because I don't believe that boundaries need to be strong and firm to be heard. And I simply do not believe 
that looking after yourself has to come at the expense of looking after someone else and other people around you. I hope this episode helped you. I hope that it helps strengthen your resolve around the energies to keep around you and the relationships to nurture and when to nurture them. And I hope you like the episodes coming up as well on boundary setting and a whole gamut of other cool things around self-esteem and preserving your energy. Thanks very much, everybody. It was great chatting to you this week. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Sharon Procure. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Please come on Instagram, follow me, tag me. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot, add it to your stories. I love knowing where my listeners are from and I love knowing that the podcast is something that made a difference in your life. Thank you everybody and see you next time.